Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. We're going to take a look at some market moving headlines that investors will be paying attention to today and what kind of potential implications that it comes with. On the line with me this morning is Calvin Wong, analyst at CMC Markets. Good morning, Calvin. How are you? Hi, good morning to you. Great. So far, so good, yeah? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the FOMC minutes. To start us off, I mean, I know this is a meeting that took place three weeks ago. What in yep. particular were you looking out for in terms of language? What was your impression uh, of the released uh, minutes? Okay. Uh, so to me, it uh, seems to me that definitely in terms of the tonality, is still hawkish in my expectation. Because number one, I uh, I uh, uh, interpret that the market itself prior to the release of the minutes and even about last two weeks, even before the release of the minutes, uh, we talked about Fed speak that from various key uh, Federal Reserve officials, uh, they are still on the path of tightening, uh, we call it uh, interest rates, that means i.e. Uh, we actually, uh, the chances of a Fed pivot to actually uh, reduce uh, or start cutting interest rate at the early part of next year was actually pretty remote. But what's interesting over here is that the market seems to start actually price in of a potential interest rate cut early next year. So that actually kind of to me is uh, the market seems to be getting ahead or ahead of itself to, to actually uh, go against the reality of the expectation of the Fed. So that seems to me that the rally that was seen since the start of like, June low this year seems to get ahead of itself and over, uh, get overextended, especially on the, the, the major U.S. stock indices. Yeah, it's a very weird one to call. And you, you kind of feel like the guessing game is going into overdrive, right? Everyone's anticipating everyone else. I mean, when you look at the retail sales data, that's one thing. Corporate earnings-wise, okay, yes, Target missed their own targets, but others mm. did pretty decent, like Walmart. Um, the jobs numbers as well is worth looking at. I mean, <laughs> what are you gauging here in terms of, is it going to be a, a, a 50 or, or 75? I mean, logic would dictate that you got to go for 75 because uh, you want to bring from 9% down to 2%. percent you got to be aggressive, right? But that's yes, on a logic yeah. point of view. Yes, precisely, yeah. So, yes, definitely. So, if you look at the rally right now, I mean, don't, don't, don't forget that uh, right now we consider as it's still during this summer break where liquidity is still relatively, we call it uh, low. Ah, okay. uh, this, I, I, yeah, I.e., we're talking about the movement of this, we call it rally over here can be easily be, we call it, uh, put in a way that could be easily be pushed around by uh, certain market participants to, due to the uh, world liquidity. Okay. And also, do not forget over here is that it also could be triggered by, we call it, uh, in the main, in, uh, using various kind of instruments to actually uh, do a bit of short covering. That means, i.e., uh, traders who are actually placed short position in the about that come to the later part of the game. That means, i.e., uh, in maybe talking about uh, somewhere around early uh, June prior to this rally being take place. So they actually shorted the position. But however, yeah, their short position got squeezed up where they're being forced to actually cover the via stop loss being hit. So that could be also a particular uh, reason that this rally actually uh, took shape as well, rather than uh, a pure, genuine, net long position. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Kelvin, let's turn our attention to the UK. How much trouble are they in? Uh, the inflation there has hit a new 40-year high, 10.1%, all because of food and energy. Uh, yes. 
so if you look at uh, it's definitely a kind of a uh, global uh, phenomenon. That means, i.e., we're talking about in this kind of round of inflation is impacting everyone. That means we're talking about it's going to be sticky for a while. You see, mm-hmm. rather that that means is i.e. could be actually uh, potentially not on the actually on the demand side, but also on the supply side uh, mm-hmm. issue. That means we're talking about uh, issues coming out from Ukraine, coming out from between UK and Russia. And right now, uh, potentially, we're talking about that supply chain issue up from uh, Asia. We just talk about the potential that zero COVID policy that uh, being uh, implemented by China. So that could actually uh, be the reason that is actually causing this uh, inflation as well. That means, i.e., uh, on the supply side rather than on the demand side. Mm. But one interesting over here is that uh, if you could look at the exchange rate over here, is that uh, you know you, you usually we're talking about uh, you know yesterday. The, 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 the stocks we talk about the, the US equity actually fell you traditionally by right you will start to see an increase relatively in terms of the dollar strength against the major currency but however if you look at the dollar actually didn't actually rally much yesterday number one because I look at it over here is that uh, the rest of the uh, countries that is talking about the developed nation like for example ECB and even uh, BOE right now they actually is on the same path of the U.S. Federal Reserve, i.e. to actually address, to curb their local, we call it elevated inflationary pressure that is so persistent in their respective uh, domestic economy. So that could actually uh, see a bit of dollar strength that is being uh, kept uh, on the upside. Right. Um, of course, on the academic side, there will be other things worth watching out for, like their prime minister elections, uh, as mm. well as the frustration kind of grows in the UK, right? Um, yes. Kelvin, uh, turning our attention to OPEC, the new OPEC Secretary General, mm. Hatem Al-Gahis, has come out to say that the group is not to be blamed for the soaring inflation. So what he's mm. saying is um, it's because of a chronic underinvestment in the oil and gas industry. Um, does he have a point? Uh, is it worth taking a look at that? Well, if you, if you look at it over here, is that, uh, it seems to me definitely that, uh, number one, for sure, I mean, there is really a structural problem in terms of the, the way, uh, if you look at the last few years, yeah. there's indeed a uh, limitation of production yeah. capabilities from OPEC itself. And do not forget over here is that prior to this, to this remark, you know, in the last couple of years, there's actually a, I would say a competition between mm. OPEC and U.S. Mm. in terms of who, who wants to control the, the oil supplies. See, for U.S. in the last few years, you have this uh, shale gas revolution. So that, that could be a picture to look at it right now. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, but overall, if, if you look at it in this picture itself, yeah, definitely it's, it's indeed a structural problem that OPEC uh, members uh, got to actually address on that in terms of the limitation of how much they could actually pump into the markets. And also don't forget over here is that uh, another reason over here is could be uh, uh, links to a bit about politics as well. Yeah, <laughs> I yes. was I was actually thinking that Kelvin. I mean, the, he yeah. says that it's an underinvestment. We've just discussed how there's a structural problem, and they've been trying to, to they've been discussing the structural problem for for many years now. But how is it these guys couldn't anticipate the over reliance on on Russian oil? Uh, is yes, a question worth asking, right? Correct, correct. Yes, yes. So definitely, it's, it's something that is worth thinking. Uh, if you look at another part of story from the business perspective, right? Mm. Uh, if, 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 if you look at it in the last couple of years, uh, we're now trying to shift away from uh, we call it uh, less reliance on this kind of fossil fuel or dirty we call it dirty energy okay. to more clean energy sources. You see. So if you look at uh, coincidentally in the last quite uh, about uh, two years ago, that means we had the start of COVID until now. I mean, there is actually, uh, you know, a potential a demand shock 
where oil prices came down suddenly to negative, then all the way very close to uh, above 100 per barrel per, per USD. Mm-hmm. Oil, yeah. So uh, if you look at the current situation right now, definitely we're talking about uh, number one, the whole world is starting to actually embrace this uh, clean energy um, yeah. policy. Yeah. So don't forget OPEC Plus uh, members itself. Their only main source of, uh, also not the main source, the bulk of their revenue comes from oil, which is dirty oil. Yeah. So what we could see over here is that uh, potentially this couple, uh, this one or two years is best scenario for them right now to actually maximize their profit potential before the, actually the whole world starts to pivot away from, ah. from dirty oil to clean energy. So that could be the reason uh, <laughs> politically to actually give such a statement. Yeah. That's, so, that's- so, so, <laughs> Interesting perspective. Uh, and thanks yeah. a lot for that. Uh, I've been speaking with Kelvin Wong, who is an analyst yeah. at CMC Markets. Kelvin, appreciate your time. Take care. Have a great day. Yeah. My pleasure. Same to you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.